Welcome, everyone, to the Avengers Podcast, where we talk Marvel, DC, Star Wars, and more. I'm your host, Peyton, and with me is my co-host, Horn. Yo. What is going on? I'm just chilling. After I ate my food, I was slumped in my chair for like about 15 minutes, so. Did you, did you pass out? <laughs> yeah, I just just took a nice little nap. <laughs> long day. Just as you eat your food, you just, just slide down the chair. <laughs> Yeah, I woke up like slouched. I was like, "Damn, shit was, must have been really good then." <laughs> Chicken was hidden, dude. It's always hidden. <laughs> did you? Did you? What you? What you watch this week? I haven't really been watching that much stuff, just because like I'm trying to give it give myself like a break. Bro, slacking, but for hold, good reason. Hold on, wait a minute. No way. Hold on. I'm scared. Sorry, my sorry, my friend Leia just gave next Friday a two and a half stars. <laughs> Fucking blasphemy! I mean, <laughs> based on our MCU, <laughs> like I would, I would understand like a like a like a three and a half, maybe even a three, two and a half. It's kind of pushing it. Uh, now, if it was Friday after next, I'd understand that. But next Friday is a, it's a next Friday is at least a three, three and a half, not a two and a half. No, because when I think two and a half, I think it's like fucking like horrible, like bad. That's just me. Two and a half, like two and a half and like below. I think it like to me, it's like it's horrible, which like, yeah, like like technically two and a half is like average of average, but like. I don't know. For me, anytime I rate something as average, it's usually three stars. Yeah. For me, like, I've kind of just been rewatching stuff. Um, you know, I've rewatched, like, the Rush Hour movies, um, Friday the 13th, uh, from 2009. But I did see, uh, DC League of Super Pets, and that was really, really good. I loved it a lot. Like, of course, you know, they, they take some of the, cliche tropes of like you know family and like being your own person and they kind of like you know no you're talking about family so i mean oh my god (laughs) but you know they they take uh, the some cliche tropes and they manage to fit it well into the movie and like uh the context sounds really good and last night i did see halloween ends which is the best movie a lot of flack right now um, which I think is average. I think, I think I think that's average. Um, yeah, I don't think it's like you know as bad as people making it out to be. I think people just wanted to see like um, a two-hour knife fight between Lori and Michael. Um, did I want to see more of them in the movie? Of course, but um, I kind of understand what they're going for, and I think it's okay. And it's definitely the last Jedi of the Halloween like trilogy, or like the new, the modern modern uh, Halloween trilogy. Yeah, as far you know, as its t- divisiveness, t- took it took risks. It, uh, you know, it. it I mean, I, I think it's just like average. It's, it was only something different, and it subverted people's ex- expectations. So, fair enough. Uh, yeah, it's but good. you didn't hate it. No, I didn't hate it. No. Yeah. Um, 
if anything, I'll probably um, will come around to like it even more once I give it a rewatch and like, mm. you know, like see people's reviews on it. Um, it is better than Halloween Kills, though, I will say for sure. Yeah, I heard that was trash. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't say I wouldn't say it's trash. Um, just my main criticisms of like they didn't really utilize Jamie Lee Curtis a whole lot, and they gave Michael like hella plot armor, like in that movie. Like I'm talking about, like it is like incredible plot armor. That's just like my main two things about that movie, but. Overall, I think the trilogy is fine. I'd give it like, the whole trilogy around maybe like a seven, seven and a half. But yeah, that's that's kind of what I think about it. Sure, I'm a pussy, so I don't watch them, even though I know they're not that scary. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, yeah, they're not that scary. I kind of was like, you know, like for me, like I'm not, I don't do too well with like tension, like scariness, but like um, in this movie, it kind of like cuts down to like you know it can sound like a lot so sure well i didn't see anything this week because i've just been hunkering down in writing my essay i'm just i'm just i'm in grind mode right now so i haven't seen anything i mean technically i've seen things for one of my uh one of my classes but i mean uh, i don't i don't want to talk about that <laughs> Man, I I still can't believe you have to write a twenty-page essay. I mean, it's it is what it is. It's coming along better than I thought it would, but I, it's it's still twenty pages, and I'm at a point where it's like I have to turn in a first draft, a second draft, and a final draft, and the first draft has to be a minimum of twelve pages, and I've written twelve pages, which is great because I didn't think I'd even be able to do that. But the problem is now that I've written twelve pages, I feel like I've written everything i need to write and now i have to write eight more pages it feels like the essay's done which is my biggest problem with uh page limits it's like i just if if the essay it should be as long as it needs to be but whatever anyway (laughs) we got a great show for everyone this week you see the title we're gonna be talking about she hulk episodes five through nine think uh the the, the re- most recent four basically because uh because we're doing these in uh like half and half now uh so we're going to be talking about that and you know our overall thoughts uh we're probably just going to do spoilers just completely when we get to that because i'm not i'm not going to do no spoilers for every episode <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not going to happen. But now before that, we, of course, have the news of the week. We got some unfortunate, but maybe fortunate delays. We also have some interesting video game news. Uh, we don't usually talk about video games, but uh, we got a couple here. So let's get started with the first piece of news. This is according to comicbook.com. Skybound Entertainment has apparently unveiled that they plan to adapt Invincible as a game. Yeah, I did see that. And I would really love to see that the fact that um, we're that we might get a superman type game before an actual superman game is right is pretty sad yeah i can't even like remember like the last time we got a superman game like although i have been seeing someone on tiktok they play like i guess like it's like a fan-made superman game and it's maybe with maybe like, um unreal engine 5 mm-hmm. it looks really really good but like, I should just I make was, a fan game at this point. It'd be better I than know. whatever they would make anyway, right? 
So, but I don't know. I just, it, it, you know, it, it feels kind of crazy because, like, you know, Superman is like definitely the biggest hero of all time. But I still feel like he gets like well, shitted on a lot. He he is the biggest superhero of all time. It's Spider Man. It's not Spider Man. I mean, this no. popularity wise goes at Spider Man. No, it's not. And then Superman, and then Batman. Definitely, they're both. They are the Holy Trinity. Yes, but I'd say Superman is. It's, like, it's definitely not. <laughs> it is. It's not. I don't. I don't know who. You, I don't know. I don't know who your source is. <laughs> but yeah, my source is comics my, and everything. My else. source is facts. So. <laughs> Well, agree to disagree. We'll, <laughs> we can agree that they're all the whole, they're both all the, all the, whole, the holy trinity. So, we can sure. say that. but yeah, he does. He he gets shafted, and uh, you know, hopefully, we're seeing sort of the tail end of that era of Superman just getting that's just the shit end of the stick from uh, from you know a movies and game standpoint for, for the shows i mean he's actually doing pretty well i mean you know with superman and lois and whatnot but you know that you know the future that shows up in the air still and you know it, i don't know but you know it's looking like we're gonna get more superman in the future so hopefully we can get a good superman game but you know, it remains to be seen. But yeah, an invincible game would be sick. I want to play as Omni Man and just decimate the Guardians of the Globe. <laughs> right. Spoiler alert, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is according to Christopher Mark on Twitter. Apparently, Lucasfilm have cast Lars Mikkelsen to play Thrawn in the Ahsoka series, which is perfection because if anyone hasn't seen Rebels or is familiar with Thrawn or whatever, Lars Mikkelsen is the voice actor for Thrawn. And by the name alone, you can probably guess that he's the brother of, of Mads Mikkelsen and bro just looks the part <laughs> and he obviously sounds the part. He's the voice actor. So if, so if this is true and he is Thrawn, that's just, that's just perfection. It's like when they got Katie Sackhoff to play Bo-Katan cause she is Bo-Katan in the Clone Wars. So this is, this is an ideal situation. It would be nice to see that in live action. Indeed. With his beady red eyes and blue skin but yeah uh apparently um go to some dc news this is this is questionable uh, apparently the gotham knights video game will be locked on at 30 fps on consoles and you know if if the game was still releasing on last gen consoles that would make sense but it's quite literally current gen or next gen whatever you want to call it i guess it's still next gen since everyone kind of still has last gen consoles but it's going to be locked at 30 fps on ps5 and xbox series x and xbox series s that is no i don't i don't like that at all just i if you if anyone takes two seconds to look at the gameplay in what world can that not be 60 fps at least it's not that it doesn't look that good <laughs> and then you can make the argument like oh well it's open world and you know you have all this act spider-man ps5 runs beautifully at 120 fps <laughs> um oh, like, they can't they can't make it that's just that's not that's not the game that's just poor optimization this this is probably the reason why it's not even releasing on last gen consoles to begin with and i think their excuse was that 
it, they can't they can't make it run 60 fps on the xbox series s which also doesn't make any sense because you can run cyberpunk at 60 fps cyberpunk the game notorious notorious for being absolutely harsh on on your on your pcs and consoles as far as as far as being uh you know, challenging for the system to run. It can run 60 FPS on Xbox Series S, so there's, there should be no issue. It makes no sense. And apparently Damn. there's part of the reason, like, there's there's no performance and fidelity mode, which is pretty standard in games now. So you can so you can have a more, a more graphically uh, uh, focused gameplay experience or performance-focused gameplay experience. That's not an option, so I guess maybe there's... I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just tired of like, dude. One thing I'm tired of in like games, so I'm tired of like just games coming out or games about to be released and they're just like garbage. Like this game had like so much hype and it just it's falling flat so hard. Yeah, and I, that, and I thought that you know, like when they delayed the game, that they were you know gonna fix some things and be in the right direction, and that's not happening at all from what I'm hearing. The game just looks so boring. It looks so boring. It's so like the open world, like Gotham looks so empty. Right. I don't know. I don't know. Like I, cause I feel bad because the game was made by, uh, Warner brothers, Montreal. Oh, so the guy, the guys behind Arkham origins. Yeah. Which, I mean, I haven't played it, but everyone, that I've heard talk about it, say it's an underrated game. And so they're clearly capable of making a, a competent game. So I, I, I don't, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened here. The gameplay looks clunky. It looks like it doesn't look as, it doesn't look as bad as the Avengers game, but it's sort of leaning. <laughs> it's closer to that than an Arkham. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that is just unfortunate. So moving on, uh, this is according to, Jeff Snyder and later was corroborated by Slash Film. Apparently, Harrison Ford has officially signed on to play Thaddeus Ross in Captain America New World Order, <laughs> which we were just talking about last week, or at least I was. I'm like, this man's too old. He's in his 80s. He's older than than uh, than William Hurt was when he died. <laughs> I mean, he's... <laughs> like i mean he'd be a good ross like i'm like i'm excited on that front but also my god <laughs> bro's ancient i don't care just give me red hulk i'm kidding no you're but, right man that's crazy and to even think that like he'd accept a role from like you know marvel yeah that's like, true like, considering he hates the shit out of star wars but he loves indiana jones for some reason yeah i mean he loves that money i guess like i guess can't get that money. I remember being surprised when he showed up in Rise of Skywalker. Because <laughs> so I was like, he agreed to do this? How much did they pay this man? <laughs> Luckily, it was a great scene in a bad movie. <laughs> but right. that, yeah, that's, so this is, that's a, a surprise. A surprise to be sure, but a welcome one. Um, kind of. God, he's old. <laughs> but hopefully he doesn't die tomorrow. Uh, anyway. My <laughs> God. He's old, so, man. So pessimistic. I don't want to be pessimistic. I'm just saying. Uh, the executive producer for Marvel Zombies, 
uh, revealed that the series was gonna is gonna be four episodes. It better be an hour long, bro. I'm tired of this. I'm not because I wasn't a fan of that Marvel <laughs> Zombies episode <laughs> in What If. So I'm this is a good for me. <laughs> not really. Well, kind of. I mean, it's a it's a new creative team. It seems like so. It's likely to be different from that episode, and it, it's going to be Marvel's first R-rated produced project. So I'm excited on that. I was I'm, I am excited on that level. But, you know, yeah, four episodes. What is it going to be like? How long is the episodes going to be? It's it's certainly going to be interesting to to see. So, bro, these better be an hour long. Hopefully. But also, I, I don't know. It's animation. I don't care. Make it an hour long. Make each episode an hour. If not, I will have to intervene. <laughs> I will intervene for the fans. You know, they'll intervene like shitty. someone else did. What do you mean? What do you mean by that? You're going to go into Marvel Studios and intervene. Oh, yeah. oh yes. <laughs> like that, too. I will, I will literally, I will literally like intervene for the shitty Marvel fandom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, y'all, I got y'all. Uh, so next up, we have some unfortunate, but fortunate delays. Blade, unsurprisingly, has been delayed to September 6, 2024, almost a year delay, which, again, makes sense. Also, giving themselves some time to actually get that new script written and find a good director and not just like pick one up off the street. You know what I mean? So that's fine. Uh, Deadpool three has unfortunately been delayed to November 8th, 2024. That's, I don't think that's a huge delay, but it's still, it's still kind of unfortunate. I think that might've been, uh, no, it was September. It was, it was September to November. Yeah. So it's like a couple months delay. That's fine. Uh, fantastic four on the other hand has been delayed to February 14th. 2025 which i'm not mad about because again again you know giving them more time and whatever but i wish that the fantastic four movie came out in the year 2024 i mean that just it would have just worked (laughs) now that's not happening so that sucks (laughs) that sucks on that level but also avengers secret wars has been delayed to may 1st 2026 which is like a six month delay basically uh like the Kang Dynasty and Seeker Wars are now coming out a year apart, just like Infinity War and Endgame. Which, you know, as insane as that announcement was, it this this makes sense. Yeah, it's like the, just imagine the logistics behind trying to get two Avengers movies made. I imagine it's going to be a lot of crossovers with the same characters, and you, it's gonna they they'd have to be filming at pretty much the same time. I think they only came out like six months apart. So yeah, this is, this is not a, this is not a surprise. Well, I, it's kind of a surprise. I mean, no one was expecting it necessarily, but it's, it's this was probably for the best, <laughs> all of these really, except Deadpool that seemed to be on track. Unfortunate, but fortunate, like I said, but this is according to the cosmic circus. So, you know, a little bit of good news. Uh, Tom Holland, Spider-Man four is reportedly eyeing a July 12th, 2024 release and will apparently be a quote street level story that could explore the aftermath of the events of daredevil born again. Kevin Feige said, I don't know. I don't know how long ago now, but now I don't think it was that long ago. He said that daredevil and Spider-Man would be leading the street level heroes, which is incredibly exciting <laughs> so if, if this ties into daredevil in literally any way 
I'm there. <laughs> exactly. I'm there too. Cause man, their, their dynamic is just amazing in the comics. So I can't wait to see that in live action. Absolutely. And uh, you know, the rumor is that Kingpin's running for mayor. You know, I, I imagine just to, you know, rise the stakes, he will get elected. I, I, I want to imagine, imagine Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin with Spider-Man. Come on, man. Come on, I need it. I need it to happen. <laughs> I need it to happen. And if Sony's so obsessed, obsessed with like the, the, you're obligated to add one MCU character as a, like a main character in a Spider-Man movie, make it Daredevil or Kingpin. Right. That's it. Regardless. So- Fuck, it would be cool. <laughs> but uh, this is also according to the Cosmic Circus. The rumored Nova Project, which has been rumored for I don't know how long now, is now rumored to be being developed as a special presentation. Now, this is interesting. We talked about last week uh, during our Werewolf by Night discussion that it, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of these series are going to be... Uh, reworked to be special presentations. Uh, I don't think it was rumored that Nova would necessarily be a series. And the fact that they're making it a special presentation, at least that's a rumor, is kind of surprising because I feel like he should get a movie, right? Yeah. Like a special presentation is cool. I mean, I'll take that over a series, but he should have a movie. <laughs> yeah, he should have a movie. Like, I mean, I hope he gets the. How this announcement gets the Armor Wars treatment in the future. Yeah. Although that was going to be a series. Six episodes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, hopefully, yeah, hopefully you're right. Hopefully that eventually this does get reworked again, I guess, uh, into a movie because he's, I think he's, he's definitely a character that deserves the big screen 100%. Yep. So this is according to Reddit, which you, when it comes to stuff on Reddit, I usually don't care about but it, it was uh, it was corroborated again by the cosmic circus <laughs> they were just on a new spree this week i guess uh it's rumored that sasha baron cohen is gonna play mephisto in the Ironheart series which i heard initially and i was like sasha baron cohen is borat what mephisto <laughs> but then i but then i thought about it and like outside of like borat and shit He's a good actor. <laughs> and I actually think he could pull Mephisto off. <laughs> so I'm actually, I'm not mad about this. <laughs> I just want to know what, he, what he's going to be doing with Ironheart. Well, apparently, I think in the comics, I think that's where uh, the cloak gets his stupid hood no, thing. That, you know, that's right. That's right. Because I forgot that hood was in there. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so... And I wonder if they I wonder if they did this just because people were crying for Mephisto and WandaVision. <laughs> They're like, Fine, you get your Mephisto, Jesus. I don't I still don't understand. I mean I understand, but I still don't. People are just complaining. I don't understand. Doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> but imagine telling yourself three years ago, hey, they're making an Ironheart series. It's like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Because, you know, Iron Man's dead or whatever. Uh, but also Mephisto's going to be in it. <laughs> Excuse me? Like, Mephisto, he's not going to show up in an Avengers movie or Doctor Strange? Nah, Ironheart. <laughs> like, <laughs> Jeez. But yeah, that is the news of the week, which means it is time to move on to our topic, which is She-Hulk. Boy, 
She-Hulk no. discussion. <laughs> uh, before we get into like, I want to get to our overall thoughts about, you know, everything uh, towards the end. I want to talk about the specific episodes uh, that we haven't talked about first. So let's get into it with episode six, uh, which is the wedding episode. I had a lot of fun with this one. Uh, you know, Jen starts out by saying it's an inc- inconvenient time for a wedding episode in the season. And she's right. But also, I don't care because I, I thought the episode was pretty great. Uh, I love the actress who played the bride. Like she was obviously she was only used once in this episode, but she fucking nailed it. Uh, when she Hulk showed up and it like zoomed in on her face because she didn't want she Hulk there. She just wanted Jen. Like in their like the way her like face was twitching was really really good, and this whole this whole episode was, I I thought at least was very focused on, you know, like it it was it was one of those episodes where it's like yeah this is sort of like a fun one off episode but it also had a lot of important character uh, development and also set up uh, stuff in later episodes with the ending of the episode. But my favorite, like my favorite kind of character development is the kind that's not super on the nose. And in this episode, Jen clearly wants to embrace she Hulk, but is shot down by that friend who just wants Jen. And so she, you know, she feels invalidated in both forms and she can't, she can't win because <laughs> even Titania shows up and she's like, I want you to be She-Hulk and shit. So, but yeah. Um, number six, I'm gonna, I mean, I'll agree. I think it was fun. Uh, I kind of want to get into my overall thoughts on the show, but I guess we can say that until like later. No, it's episode by episode time because this episode also has, in my opinion, the best B story with Mr. Immortal. <laughs> uh, I thought that whole thing was great. Um, and who is, by the way, played by played by the guy who's the assistant to the mayor or whatever in Book of Boba Fett, the Twi'lek, <laughs> which was uh, which was really fun. He was he's great in both series, despite me not enjoying Book of Boba Fett. He was good in it. And he's great as Mr. Immortal. <laughs> the way he jumped out the window to avoid conflict is amazing. That whole thing was just hilarious. Titania was great in this. I wish we got more of her throughout the show. They've, I feel like they kind of built her up to be a bigger thing, especially in marketing and, and trailers and stuff. And she ended up being like, she was there for a good amount of the episodes, but she was a relative, relatively minor player in them, which is, which is kind of unfortunate because Jamila Jamil was really, really good. And luckily it's not like she, the character died so they could always bring her back. But would I, I I really liked her and would, would have liked to see more, but Josh yeah, sure. is introduced in this episode. Did you get bad vibes immediately? Because I didn't. Oh yeah, I mean, well, probably because I got spoiled. So damn. But yeah, I mean, I, that, that, that's why I kept texting saying like Josh is sus because like I knew something was like up with him. Turns out I was right because you know I'm always right about everything. But you got okay. spoiled so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did get spoiled, but I don't. I I don't really care because you know that's fine. Yeah, I thought I was like, oh, finally a guy who likes Jen for Jen. But I, I like, I didn't. I didn't really think, oh, this is suspicious until uh, there was a point later in the episode where he's talking to her, and she was like, I haven't shown you my She-Hulk form yet, and he was like, Ooh, I'd love to. And I was like, Okay. <laughs> 
that was a little size. <laughs> and then, of course, it you know, it's it's uh, at the end of the episode, it it's more revealed that, OK, they're clearly sort of watching this happen or maybe listening in. So Josh is probably, you know, not a great guy. <laughs> but uh, I know part of the wedding cliche is that the main character is shit on by other bridesmaids. But Jen is literally a Hulk. Do you really want to push your luck there? <laughs> Like, they're like, oh, Jen, can you clean these shirts and shit? It's like, really? (laughs) She could throw you across the fucking state. Like, I don't think you want to, I don't think you want to go that route. But yeah, even though like Josh was still seemed kind of sus, it was, I I was still upset that he sucked because he was so nice and Jen just needed a win. I mean, she got a win later. (laughs) What I mean, but, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but uh, yeah, uh, but you know, when tiny, when Titania, went after Jen the way they did that transition where her vision focused. I thought that was really clever and also a way, a good way to save budget to not show that transition. But, um, after the fight with Titania and the bride comes in drunk and she gives her a hug and she goes, Oh, huge boobs. (laughs) That made me, that made me laugh. But yeah, that was pretty much that episode. And then we move on to the therapy episode, which, I feel like, well, maybe the finale is now, but, well, maybe it's not, but I feel like the therapy episode is probably the most divisive because you have, it's, it's very, this episode is probably the most sitcom-y, like, it's, it's just, that's just the way it feels, but like this, there's this sweet montage with Josh at the beginning, which sucked because, because considering the episode after the ending of episode eight with you know, with the daredevil episode, it's big yikes, that montage now. Um, also when she gets to the resort, Blonsky's ranch resort thing, the Prius that got totaled had like, that was blatant product placement. <laughs> Cause they kept saying the full name of the car instead of just Prius. It's like, even like they kept saying Prius prime. It's like, okay, <laughs> chill. But, um, I don't I like I don't know I don't know the general consensus of this because I was trying to stay off the internet as much as possible until I failed after the finale as I don't know I just gave in. Uh I love Zen Blonsky. Like I thought I thought it'd be indifferent because I do want to see Abomination but Tim Roth's performance is just too <laughs> I loved I loved this Blonsky just him being just a mug. Yeah. yeah, I actually I actually um loved the therapy episode um i mean it's still kind of uh giving her like more development and shit like that um but also like you know the interactions with everybody else were just it was like really funny and really close on especially with that that dude from uh the wrecking crew oh yeah he he turned he turned good or whatever um yeah the whole group was really fun yeah it was really fun uh also that uh the, the man bull he's like a person who plays him he's like an actual like comedian he's on oh, really? top or whatever oh shit yeah. that's awesome um let me see let me, let me look up his name let's see he's played by nathan yeah, uh, nathan hurd yeah nathan hurd yeah he's a comedian he's pretty he's fucking, he's fucking hilarious he's really good <laughs> so good for him because I, mem- I remember he made a video on tiktok and he's like oh how was it being on she hulk and he was talking about his experience. So he was like, it sucked because cool. it was woke. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> I love that in the room where the you know when they're actually in the group the the circle. I loved all the quotes and posters all, that Blonsky had of himself, like "Today is today" <laughs> and <You're> "Obama right. stay," <laughs> which was really good. But um, yeah, at the time, I loved. I still love, but like. Uh, the the previously on fourth wall break when you know the guy from the wrecking crew came in and she was like what the fuck you remember this guy because i didn't i was like i don't know <laughs> and then they previously on him i thought that was really good but now they look so tame in comparison to the finale <laughs> so right. yeah um but yeah i love everyone in the circle it was a super fun group of characters yeah man bull and uh uh well i forgot the fucking conquistador's name <laughs> Yeah, I forgot his name too. Uh, it's not it's not Aguilar, Aguilar. That's it. Yeah, Aguilar. I thought it was it was close to that. It was close to that. Yeah. So they they had great chemistry together. Saracen was was pretty funny. And Porcupine, poor dude. <laughs> he kind of reminded me of Ron Funches a little bit. <laughs> oh yeah, I could definitely see that for sure. But yeah, Jen's monologue when she finally started sharing in the circle was really really good surprisingly emotional uh you know how she's she's talking about how it should be easy as she hulk and you know again this is you know talking to the people that it sells i'll just let's just be blunt about it um it's speaking to people like oh the women have it so easy and whatever and shit like that uh, especially when it comes to attractive women you know whatever uh and strong women uh and so she's saying like you know it should be easy it should be a cheat code but it's really difficult (laughs) and it's especially difficult as jen because you know obviously you know everyone again sort of like last episode people want either one but no one wants both you know and she's struggling to except both parts of herself and she kind of she kind of leave she kind of finally does in this episode um which is which is really good but yeah everything about this episode was just super wholesome when she got out of the yurt and everyone like was celebrated she did that little dance that was super fun <laughs> yeah everything about this was super wholesome but um then there's the end of the episode <laughs> uh. which just like I thought this made me feel gross and then the next episode just slapped me in the face but like it was like it was already gross enough and then he took a picture and I was like Jesus <laughs> why <laughs> I mean we know why but like Jesus Ugh. but uh yeah that was that episode a lot of fun uh, probably my favorite like regular episode quote unquote um Although I do love the magic one, but yeah. Um, then of course we have the Daredevil episode. My God, the Daredevil episode. <laughs> uh, before we get to Daredevil, we got to say that Leapfrog's the goat, right? Yeah, he's going to be stupid. The goat <laughs> of being the best character in the MCU. Period. Are you sure? Yes, because it's no. time to rib it and rip it. <laughs> it's a fantastic catchphrase. It's better than any catchphrase in the MCU. He should be an Avenger. I don't know, man. I, th- I think I think the Madison solos. Okay, well, yes, that's true. I mean, yeah. Okay, you're right. You're right. Leapfrog is second place, but Madison is number one. Lo- love Madison. <laughs> yeah, Madison's the best. The guy who plays Luke Jacobson 
is phenomenal. <laughs> he was he like he was good in the previous episodes, but he's especially good in this one. Also, I want to point out he is not the drip broker. I keep people I keep seeing people say, oh, who's the drip broker? He's not the fucking drip broker. Pug said that he knows the drip broker and that the drip broker knows Luke Jacobson. <laughs> that's that's how that went. Luke Jacobson is not the drip drip broker. Regardless, Luke, Luke Jacobson is great in this. That actor that actor's really good. Seriously, he really is. Yes. Um uh also similar to No Way Home, I was I was obviously expecting Daredevil to be in it. Uh but I was only expecting like a few scenes or maybe Tim for him to show up in the finale or some shit. But not the, like the entire episode. <laughs> like I think he showed up like a quarter way through, maybe even less than that. Like he was there the entire time, which was you know great, obviously. But yeah, seeing Matt again, especially in lawyer mode, was so fun. And we talked about last time we talked about She Hulk episode one through five. Uh, how at least for me and and for you, I think you agreed that the actual courtroom stuff was probably the weakest part of the show which is unfortunate considering it is a it is a lawyer comedy uh although i I did give an exception to the to the magician episode which i thought that was actually pretty well well written but this daredevil one was great (laughs) it was literally like like god it was great like it literally felt like they got a writer from the daredevil show to write his lines like, cause like he, like, and the only issue I had with that was that it was maybe too easy for Matt. Cause Jen and Matt are both very good lawyers. And I feel like they should be at that, you know, on, on par at least as far as like expertise wise, you know, and I feel like just Matt just wiped the floor with Jen, um, but God, he was so good. Cause you know, it's, it was uh, the, all the lawyer speak just felt very, surface level throughout and then matt comes in and all like all of a sudden it felt like a real lawyer stepped into the room you know what i mean yeah he was oh he was handled so well he was handled so well i love i just loved how like he he was like more of an acrobat in this like you know in in the episode Mm -hmm. um and that was some people were mad about Yeah, because they don't. Yeah, because they don't read comics because they're fucking stupid. Daredevil fans um, when Daredevil I, I, acts like acts like Daredevil, right? It's like I mean, it, it's just like one of the things where it's like I I, I, I swear people think that like the the Netflix show is the only piece of Daredevil media that exists. Um, but yeah, you know th- this is a, this episode was like really really fucking fun. It kind of it kind of felt like super different compared to the other episodes. Because like it kind of felt like more in a sense comic booky, yeah. While sure. while like while like this one, I mean, while the other episodes were kind of just like, of course, you know, how, how can I explain this? Well, again, in, in the comics, it, I feel like it, it even kind of does the same thing. You have a run of a of a certain character, and maybe depending on the run, another big name character shows up, and it does sort of take a tonal shift not a major one but it does feel different because there's yeah. a new dynamic so yeah I, I get what you're saying I, but yeah yeah so that's that's one of the reasons I like, I like that episode um as well, as well and oh my god it's just it just felt so amazing like the hallway scene and like his of course his lines 
were amazing. Well, yeah, in the in the courtroom again, his monologue about how it wouldn't be fair to disclose the identities of Luke Jacobson's uh, clients because it would jeopardize the safeties, the safety of others, and the safety of their friends and family was perfection. It literally came out of the Daredevil show. <laughs> Like I and I love, of course, you know. Obviously, there's the double entendre there because he's also protecting himself there. Um, and you know, he talks about the Sokovia Accords were repealed, which is just th- there's multiple times in this in this show where there's just massive MCU implications, and, and they just drop it and leave it and don't talk about it ever again. <laughs> like, oh, by the way, Sokovia Accords aren't a thing anymore. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> but. uh yeah, that was that was per- the only thing I might have that I might brush up against. The only thing, the only thing is the scene where uh, Matt says he's lying. Don't ask me how I know. I just know <laughs> it's like, OK, <laughs> it was, it was a, that was a little on the nose, but it, it wasn't that big of a deal. But God, yeah, the chemistry Matt and Jen have in the bar scene, too, was fantastic i also i was i was kind of expecting uh when when he went on the phone to to i assume he got like a tip or something that leapfrog uh kidnapped luke jacobson and needed to go i was like half expecting the phone to go foggy foggy <laughs> like it doesn't right like it does in the netflix show but uh it also i do want to point out that matt did say he got a couple of suits from luke jacobson so that's probably the black and red suit we're going to see in Echo, I imagine. Just a little a little piece of extra information. But um, also, <laughs> I also want to point out that Charlie, I just want to give Charlie Cox his, his due diligence. The bro is so good at playing a blind guy. Like, I know we all know that by now, but like, it's it's always the little things for me. Like in the scene where he tries to in in the bar, he goes to like feel for the drink and then Jen pushes it towards him. Like it's it, like it's they don't focus in on it on it at all. They're they're focusing on the dialogue and both of them like but like the just it's the little things and like not to jump ahead. But in the finale, he goes to put his hand on someone's shoulder and he hovers a bit to make sure that he's putting his hand in the right place. It's just it's it, it adds to the believability so much and also doesn't help his case in that I still see him and think he's blind. <laughs> Well, I mean, it also helps that he got a Helen Keller Achievement Award. So yeah, he did. Helps. Like, man, that was just incredible. It's probably, I wouldn't be surprised if it's one of the best depictions of a disability ever. <laughs> like, even though it's like in a heavily fictionalized superhero show where he, can, he can't see, but he can see. He's so good. <laughs> and again, the dialogue for Matt in this episode is perfection. The one for them, one for us. A little speech he gives for Jen explaining how he can do good in both forms is, again, just great and also adds to Jen's character development. God, it's so good. Uh, Also, I do want to point out uh, when Todd texts Jen, it's always a motherfucker named Todd, uh, and, you know, she meets up with him. He's talking about the Wakanda spear and he says, Wakanda forever. I physically cringed. In a good way, because obviously that's your meant to cr- <laughs> like like I flinched. <laughs> like Jen was like, ooh, that makes me uncomfortable. I was like, yeah, it does, like Jesus. <laughs> but um So Leapfrog then calls Jen, of course, and then we get that brief She-Hulk versus Daredevil fight. And like you said, they make him more acrobatic and you know the all oh, the flipper cover he does when he when she smashes the ground under him and he he like 
uses both his arms to like grab the debris and like pull himself up and flip onto the it's so good <laughs> it's so good <laughs> and uh, but you know and then disney had to ruin him by you know making him quippy like you know my ass remains unwhooped terrible would say that <laughs> he doesn't make quips disgusting i can't believe and, they would ruin his character yeah i know right i can't believe they i can't believe that um they didn't make she hulk turn dark like the netflix show like it's just yeah for that one episode Right, it's just so stupid. Like I can't believe it. Awful. I mean, I've never read a Daredevil comic in my life, but or I know supposed comic. to be. I never. I, I just know that Daredevil's supposed to be brooding twenty four seven like Batman. He yeah. can't make jokes. He's just ever. read Batman. Like, God, fucking idiots! I swear <laughs> to God. <laughs> every <laughs> day, I, every day I like hate myself for not replying to like this one Instagram page that has like over a hundred thousand like followers. Because you're just saying like, yeah, I've been a, I've been a critic of the MCU, and like, and he he would post about like Daredevil. I was like, yeah, they absolutely ruined him. He makes so many jokes, and I'm like, like for someone who's a film buff, you absolutely do not know shit about TV. Stop watching it right now. Yeah, this series has exposed a lot of people, and I don't mean like a in like a oh these per- these people are bigoted sort of way. I'll, I'll get into that later, but like in the way that like for so long people are like. You don't. You clearly don't read comics. Oh, this isn't comic accurate and shit like that. And you know, you can generally tell when people are idiots and stuff. But this series like really brought them out of the woodwork because there was people that were saying like She Hulk never broke the fourth wall <laughs> and stuff like that. She didn't do it before Deadpool. And you also have you know the Daredevil people. He doesn't make jokes like whoa, like way to expose yourself, man. <laughs> way yeah. to expose yourself. Exactly. Like it's just. It's it's fucking disgusting. Like I, I'm, I'm sorry. I hate to be like that type of person, but like it truly is like just disgusting behavior. Like if you're gonna correct somebody, at least know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah, and it also exposes the 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 like people with the accounts that you're talking about because clearly, it, like it's it's so painfully obvious at this point with how popular shitting on not only MCU but She Hulk as well. How easy it is to get followers that way if you wanted to like oh like get rich quick is not the right way to put it but if you want to like get a get a relatively decent following quick just start shitting on the mcu and start shitting on she oak make calling everything woke and shit that's the way to do it right now which is incredibly depressing (laughs) but that's that's what it is (laughs) like that's what that's what gets clicks and likes now and shit so like that that guy he's just fishing for attention really yeah but and i mean like of course like that's not like how he got his following um because you know he does talk about like film which you know i can give him respect that way but like i saw his story and i was like yeah you are a piece of shit like i'm just (laughs) not gonna like probably gonna get on follow you after that you know and bro like I can't tell you like how many times, how many accounts I've blocked because they just started like, you know, crying about shit like that. And like, just, you know, the, like the negative, like, yeah, the, yeah, but the, uh, the negative like following farm. And it's just like ironic because like, if you like She Hulk, you get called like an NPC when like they're the NPCs themselves because like they just hate on like fucking She Hulk like everyone else. But, yeah, um, I feel I feel sort of lucky that the people that I follow and people that I uh, uh, I actually give respect towards uh, as far as their opinion goes 
all of them the the worst thing someone's said is that yeah it's pretty average <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, like, I haven't uh, one not a single one of them is like went 80 and been like she looks trash you know <laughs> shit like that yeah for for me like i've heard like you know the show is like you know average and i did follow this one guy who you know he gave like a little like legit criticism like of, of the show he said like you know like i wasn't really a fan of it all that much up until like, you know the eighth and ninth episode but the reason why he didn't like it is because like you know he felt like some of the things were like too on the nose and instead of like just letting the audience like infer yeah i've also seen that criticism and my problem with that is if it's not too on the nose then like like i feel like with stuff like this it has to be because then mm-hmm. they're they're not going to get it and obviously there's con there's cons to that because now that they do get it and get it like very clearly they're incredibly upset <laughs> because they're seeing themselves in the villain <laughs> yeah so yeah most of these well you know well, yeah most of these man babies have like self like victimization complex like up to the fucking like a hundred yeah it's just I'm just like, bro, like, not everything's about you. Like, goddamn. Like, shut up. <laughs> such a fucking, such a fucking crybaby. Yeah. Back to the show a little bit. When She-Hulk catches up to Matt and just claps and, like, takes him out because <laughs> I, I saw some people even complain about that. Like, <laughs> it's like, bro, she's a Hulk. Like, he ain't gonna, he ain't gonna do much. But, like, Eddie, she takes off the helmet. He looks so blind. <laughs> he looks so blind. I thought it was so funny, but, uh, you know, obviously they, they have their, you know, little conversation and, you know, the theme plays, which is amazing. <laughs> right. Like, he's like, I'm Daredevil. I'm like, oh, beautiful. Uh, and then they move on to, uh, Leapfrog's hideout. Not much of a hideout, <laughs> to be honest. It just, it was just leap pad, just blasted on the front of the building. Um, but, I love Daredevil's explanation of the difference between goons and henchmen. Yeah, that, that was nice. I was so, like, oh. so unnecessary, but what a nice just piece of dialogue. <laughs> I, mean, I was like, huh, didn't even think about it that way. Right? It was so good. But uh, uh, And of course, the part where, where Daredevil starts listening to Jen's, Jen's heartbeat, the sexual tension is off the charts. <laughs> right. But I love the part where he's listening to it and he's like, your heart's beating pretty fast. And she's like, what? No, I'm healthy. <laughs> Unbeatable Riz. <laughs> Truly. But, you know, you know, th- th- all this is whatever, because, of course, we get the motherfucking hallway fight. <laughs> it's, oh, my God. When it starts and it's like it's 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 all dark and like it, it's it, it gets really quiet and then the door opens and the guy just flies out like it's like straight out of season one. Oh, so good and i saw some people complaining that like oh it wasn't one shot who gives a shit who gives a shit we got a hallway fight bro (laughs) we got a hallway fight can't be daredevil without a hallway fight but yes obviously super reminiscent of season one so good ah when he was like throwing the billy clubs and shit oh and he did the thing and it it roped back to him Mm. beautiful god god Mm, chef's kiss yeah also a super underrated like tidbit that i i saw that i haven't seen people talking about is that when they showed leapfrog uh getting suited up and he puts on that like sock over his head uh before the helmet 
Yeah. Like, like that a lot, if not most actors in superhero roles with some sort of helmet or cowl or whatever have to do that to, you know, keep yeah. their hair out of the way. But, you yeah, know, we never actually see it in the shows or the movies because that's not necessarily <laughs> that's not as that, imagine you take off your helmet and there's a huge sock on your head. <laughs> you know what I mean? They just seem like they just had the mask on or helmet on uh, alone. In fact, there's a behind the scenes photo of Charlie Cox wearing that exact thing. But later in the episode, you know, when, when, you know, they get into Jen's, Jen's place, you know what I mean? Uh, he takes, they take off the helmet and it all comes off in one piece. <laughs> but, you yeah. know, in reality, he's wearing that sock. Yeah. The, that, uh, the balaclava, that's, that's what, I mean, that's what some people call it, the balaclava cigar headpiece. Yeah, but yeah, super great stuff. Anyway, um, they boned. <laughs> this is Matt's second appearance in the MCU, and he's already fucking with She-Hulk, no less. <laughs> like, I mean, like, I mean, dude, I mean, like, he, I mean, like, bro, he's just a goat. He, he got, he got Spider-Man off some charges and went to go smash She-Hulk. He's Plus, just built different. Bro, you I'm can't the beat the man. Riz Devil. Truly. Riz yeah. Devil, bro. When I was, of course, he does the the walk of shame. Yeah. Which is beautiful. Good morning. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was pretty much the end of Daredevil in this episode. Um, we, obviously, he shows up in the last episode. But I do want to ask, how you feeling about the suit? not bad it's a lot better than the comic one yeah it's more well i mean even uh jen says it it's more of a gold than a yellow yeah which uh works a lot better um but yeah obviously i i actually really like the suit is it i i feel like this is just me maybe just i just haven't seen daredevil in a long time but i feel like the cowl the helmet fit better on him yeah for sure um which was nice because that's one of my biggest complaints of that suit. I'd still not perfect. I still wish it just went over the bridge of his nose. Hopefully we'll get that in his series. I don't know, but yeah, I really like the suit as a one-off. I wouldn't want this to be his permanent suit. Of course, uh, I'd, I'd want, I'd want him to go back to just straight up red. Um, you know, maybe a little in between suit and Neko where maybe it's mostly black. I don't know, but, um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd really like the suit for this, this appearance. Although, when we see it in daylight, it's it's not as great. Uh, the red is a little; it's it's more of a maroon, which I mean, I, I mean that makes sense. But I just in daylight, it doesn't look as good. Uh, but still, I liked it. But um, yeah, uh, when when I watched this episode for the first time, and Jen was like, "Doesn't this episode feel like it should be over?" I was like, "It does kind of feel like it should be over." Uh, right. And then uh, obviously, Jen continues talking about t- continues talking to the audience, and everyone keeps talking about the red Hulk reference that she makes. Uh, Cause she's talking about the twist and she's like, is there, it's going to be a, another Hulk, but he's red. But I, I thought I was more like, uh, it, I, I was more intrigued by the fridged line. I thought that was really funny. <laughs> she was like, is there going to be a red Hulk or am I about to get fridged? Cause like, if anyone doesn't know fridged, I don't remember if that, I don't remember where it started. I feel like it started in a green lantern comic or something like that. But basically, uh, basic definition, it, it's basically when a female character, usually a some relation to the hero, a mother, a sister, a girlfriend, a wife, whatever, um, dies to give motivation to the main character. <laughs> so uh, 
I thought that was I thought that was really funny. But yeah, that brings us to the end of this episode, which oof, just hurt like hell. I mean, truly, I don't think anything in the MCU has made me feel that like that, like that gross. <laughs> like, and I'm a dude. I'm a dude that'll likely never go through something like that ever. So I can't imagine. But like, but like for women, like they could imagine something like that happening maybe on that not not on that scale necessarily but oof that was rough yeah man i was like dude i feel like super bad i felt like super bad and yeah they kind of like they kind of hurt me like it, it really did i was like bro like ain't no fucking way because because like you know like yeah like i mean like if, if it felt like you know jane got a win and then just all like I mean, it's like, it's like, you know, she just took like a major fucking L and it kind of hurt. Yeah. I was like, bruh. I was surprised they even went that route. It's like it's straight up revenge porn. Like, seriously. Like, really fucked up. But like, like, I think the, it's not even, it's not even an apt, uh, uh, even a close comparison, but like, I can't, the only thing I can think of even being close to that is the incident with you. Huh? The incident with you. And the nudes. Oh, oh, uh, <laughs> don't bring that up. This is not a time. Don't bring that up. I, I, was, I didn't say I was going to tell the story. I'm just saying. <laughs> don't, don't, don't stop speaking about this. Oh my God. Don't you dare. I, I, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm just saying that's the closest. That's, I, I mean, don't, that's I the, don't care. <laughs> God, <laughs> move on, please. Okay, I'll move on. <laughs> I'm begging you. Um, it's pretty clear that in the show that they spent the most time on the CGI in the like the first episode and these last couple because the CGI in this last bit in the gala was real good. <laughs> There's that close up scene with like the red lights flashing and shit, and even at the end where she grabs the guy and like and she looks at this. Uh, at the audience. Ooh, CGI was real good there, but yeah, that was episode eight. Great episode, but uh, it really was so good. But yeah, that brings us to the finale. And uh, yeah, uh, how can anyone not love the 70s series homage at the start of the episode? Yeah, that was awesome. It was so cool. That was cool. I like that a lot. And also people brought up it's a dream. So somewhere in the multiverse, (laughs) Mm-hmm. That is a thing. <laughs> uh, also, I thought it was not only was it just a really fun home homage, it was also a great way to demonstrate how Jen f- sees herself in that moment. Because that, that the entire homage was essentially saying this is how she, Jen sees herself at the gala because she's wearing the same dress and, uh, you know, destroying shit at the gala. <laughs> so. And obviously, instead of they could have just called it the Incredible She-Hulk or something like that, but they call it the Savage She-Hulk. So I thought that was I thought that was really really good. Um, but yeah, it's like you were saying how like it it felt like she finally got a win, and then she just loses <laughs> majorly. It's so frustrating because yeah, she like she loses everything for acting like a normal person, <laughs> but that's how the bullshit works. Uh, she loses her right. job or her, her home. She, she, 
she gets sent to like you know prison for like a little bit, like you know like that 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 chamber, yeah, a little bit, and yeah, it just it really does like you know it, it fucking sucks. Yeah, and as people like, pointed know, out at the beginning of the episode, I mean, uh, Banner warned her. He said like once people see the monster, that's all they'll see. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, it was just like it was just like damn, bro, that that really it really sucks. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I thought uh, they managed to this this show. I feel like the the writers have just managed to be on top of everything. Like despite you know w- what people say about the quality and blah 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 blah, whatever. The way they've managed to just like read people like a book, <laughs> and as far as like people's reactions and how they would talk about She Hulk and stuff like that. So because like. Obviously, uh, they're investigating everything, and Jen's mom comes in and shows Nikki a video of Jen dancing in college, and then Nikki posts that onto the internet, and it gets a whole mess of reactions, <laughs> which I just felt like was very similar to Twerk Gate, like just ridiculous. <laughs> and obviously, that was probably more of a coincidence than anything, but like it's like it's scarily accurate. <laughs> um, so Nikki gets invited to Intelligentsia, and and the Hulk King meet or whatever. And she gets pug because they're expecting a guy and Jen goes to Emil's ranch and meets up with wrecking crew, dude, whatever. And it makes me feel good to know that he's clearly, he clearly doesn't know what's going on. Like, which means he's not in on it, you know? Yeah. It's not like, it's not like he, he went to Blonsky's thing or whatever, just to get closer to she Hulk. And then, you know, whatever. Um, but so Pug's at this meet and the sequence is really funny for a multitude of reasons because the surrounding chatter is like literally a copy and paste from the internet. Like I've seen and heard literally every comment they said in that scene, <laughs> even the background stuff. Um, so it was really yep. funny seeing that. And also it was really funny just seeing the actor Pug and it really just in this, this entire show, but in this environment, considering he was such a great villain and a hero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, also, I didn't notice it, but I didn't notice my first time watching it like that. It was Emil's place. Like It's so obvious because in the background, you see all of Blonsky's quotes and posters and stuff, which I didn't notice on a on a first watch. Um, but yeah, and, and uh, the fact that Nikki tells him to only call women females is really funny. Yeah. Uh, and of course, Todd comes in. And he's being Todd, but then he calls Todd hot. And someone in the back goes, yeah, I'd smash you. (laughs) I was like, how'd they get a, get a hold of our group chats? Right. (laughs) But okay. Now here's where a little bit of debate comes in. Did Blonsky know what the event was? No, I don't think so. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really think so either. I thought maybe at a point because he comes in, and he, because it's a it's a private event, so like that Blonsky's you know little circle wasn't invited to. So I was like, oh no! But he also comes in, and he I don't think he, he I don't think he knows what what the event is for because he's talking about like seizing the day or whatever, which is irrelevant to intelligentsia. But like when Jen comes in, he's startled and apologetic, but also isn't. But that could just be because he's not supposed to be in abomination form, and he saves her when Todd goes on the attack. So like. Yeah, I, I, I overall, I don't think he knows, but like, so everything goes batshit crazy. 
Todd injects himself and gets Hulk powers or whatever. Jen's acknowledging how messy it is, and then she just breaks everything. <laughs> um, literally goes to the Disney Plus menu and jumps into Marvel Studios Assembled and literally walks around the Disney lot and finds the writer's room for She-Hulk, which is fucking nuts. Also, I watched this episode like three times. Um, I paused the I paused the show. I don't know when this was filmed in the writing process or shooting process or if they changed things around because in this scene, it says that Daredevil is actually in episode seven, but it also doesn't say that's Daredevil, but some guy named John. I don't know if that's like just like a placeholder. I thought it was at first, but then it also says whatever is the superhero here, the superhero name is, but I can't make out what it says. So I wonder if anyone can get like a, a clearer shot than that. But yeah, I thought because they, they have all the episodes like on the wall, like act one, act two, act three, all written out. And at first I thought, oh, maybe this is just a bunch of random stuff. But no, it's it's the actual episodes. <laughs> so I thought that was I thought that was really fun. But uh, Jen starts criticizing them about how they're writing the finale. And they essentially say that, like, this is the only way to do it because it's a superhero story. And these beats happen within superhero stories which is our just our first dig at the Marvel formula. <laughs> and, you know, they talk about how, you know, that's a story and how Jen wants to talk to Kevin. <laughs> and they're like, oh, you can't do that. And the guy says, I would murder you to protect Kevin. <laughs> yeah, so this whole, this whole scene is like, <laughs> it's really good. So then she just goes to the Marvel Studios office, which just so people know, is literally the Marvel Studios office. I've seen photos. That's literally exactly what it is. That's exactly what it looks like. If you visited it, like, that's it. <laughs> Maybe it's a set, but if it is a set, it's like 100% accurate. Um, other than, of course, the hallway, you know, leading to Kevin's office. Like, that's not... At least I don't think so. I've never seen it. <laughs> but, um, but she then goes into Kevin's office, and, of course, it's not... Kevin Feige, but you know, it's like she goes in and it's like Marvel Studios, everything, and there's comics on stands, and then Kevin's revealed, and it's a, it's a. I must say, I'm a little disappointed that it wasn't just Kevin Feige, or at least voiced by Kevin Feige, but apparently Feige refused to do it, <laughs> which is uh which is funny. He lets a lot of things slide, but he's like, he's like, no, nah, I'm not voicing this. I wonder if he didn't right. voice it just because he's like, ah, I'm not an actor, or he just didn't feel like maybe he maybe he thought like. It was too like self-centered, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like, like ah, I'm the god of this universe or whatever. I don't know, but uh, he has this this fucking baseball cap on, which apparently they wanted to do a real baseball cap, but Kevin was against. So I actually think what they have in this is better. <laughs> like it's just it's just like more of a more of a a subtle reference to it than anything. But the fact that he has a, a baseball cap type thing on is so good. Facts. And so, like, yeah, this whole scene is just batshit crazy and really funny. It was already funny enough, but then he says that he she has to go back into human form because the VFX team is working on another project and it plays the Black Panther theme, which is really good. And yeah, so not only are they essentially calling Feige a robot because they're, you know, he, he's a robot, but they're also going after the formula again by calling it right. an entertainment algorithm. And that that produces like near perfect products. <laughs> Some are better than others. And then Kevin leaves uh, leaves that debate up to the internet, which was really good. And 
yeah like they just they just keep going after themselves in this which is which is really great it also shows that you know and it, it's it, I, I always thought it was clear I don't, like it's i doubt like kevin's fucking death and not robot kevin but kevin feige kevin yeah. <laughs> um, uh to these you know criticism and stuff like i like it's clear that he hears them and it's even clearer in this show uh, um but jen essentially you know makes an argument for the show and how it shouldn't be messy because she essentially says that the stakes need to be personal which i agree with and then you know she gets rid of bruce and you know the whole todd with hulk power storylines and kevin starts to say that for for bruce that he was all he was going to tease something and jen says ah, save it for the movie so they just like yeah, drop like, this oh, right? they just drop that there's probably definitely gonna be a hulk movie probably definitely <laughs> uh like that's that's basically confirmed right yes it's confirmed like that's crazy she she asked for daredevil back and i assumed that this was going to be like a one-off joke like ah oh, they wouldn't be like wouldn't that be nice and i didn't think we'd actually see him again <laughs> But then uh, she calls out the daddy issues in the MCU, which is one of my favorite things that fans have pointed out for years. <laughs> so that's really good. Then she asks, like, when are we getting the X-Men and gives that thumbs up to the camera, which was really fun. And then uh, Kevin gets upset and he's like, OK, you got to get back to the show. You're blocked from accessing Kevin. And then um, <laughs> then he says, see you on the big screen. And Jed says, really? And he says, no. <laughs> and, he, like, and he like squints, which was really good. <laughs> So then she goes back to the show and Todd is being arrested along with Blonsky and Daredevil shows up just out of nowhere, spawns in <laughs> like Kevin literally just spawned him in. <laughs> Jen, I'm here to help. Yeah. <laughs> the, most, the most like NPC voice ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so like this is where a little bit of the or not a little bit a lot of the debate comes in how are you feeling about this aspect of it because like i'll just say that shit this shit broke me i didn't know how to feel like yeah aspect aspect of like the fourth wall break just just this, this whole the whole fourth wall break and and this sort of end sequence here um I mean, the fourth wall break. I think I think it's fine. I mean, I actually like it because you know it's like a throwback to John Burns. Um, you know, like the sensational, uh, sensational She Hulk. Because uh, you know, there's like a part of the comic where like <laughs> She Hulk like start like he talks she, she talks to the writers. Yeah, the I, 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 I want to actually wanted to to bring up that because you know people were saying like you can't just acknowledge the bad writing and make it better. Like it doesn't excuse bad writing. It's like, it's like, I don't, well, number one subjective. I don't think it's bad writing, but also she does do it in the comics. <laughs> so it's, it is, a, you know, a reference to that as well. But yeah. Yeah. And then, um, the whole end sequence kind of did feel like kind of off. Cause like everyone's just having dinner. Um, and then we can introduce the scar that, horrible haircut <laughs> the massacre my boy um but of course like you know i mean i think it's i think it's fine um i'm definitely hoping to see where they take um all three hulks you know mm-hmm. in, in in the mcu because like if they're introducing scar right now like that's like that's big you know that's that's some big shit going on yeah um so 
yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, I hope to see like what happens. Well, also, overall, I think that, uh, what? No, so, sorry, uh, go on. I'll just say like, you know, overall, I am like, I think, I think the finale was like, you know, pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Jen really fucked with the, <laughs> fucked with the plot. And I don't mean that like, I'm just saying like, she like really changed the plot because Matt said he was leaving like that morning and now he's staying for a week. <laughs> Which is like I'm not going to complain for the sake of their relationship because I love them together. But like, <laughs> um, they have that really funny and, and endearing conversation with Matt and Jen's dad about kids. <laughs> it's just very upfront about it. Uh, and then Jen's aunt like is like coming on to Matt, and the husband's like, "It's like what the fuck's going on here, <laughs> right?" Um, but so like when when Bruce's when Scar comes in and, and Bruce introduces him, like. <laughs> Or no, like when Bruce comes in and he's like, I know I've been on Sakaar for a while. It cuts to a picture or a picture. It cuts to a shot of the family and like the Matt's face. He's like, he's like looking at him like the fuck is a Sakaar? <laughs> but like, can we just take a moment and appreciate that we live in a timeline where Matt Murdock, played by Charlie Cox, is in a She-Hulk show where she's where he's eating dinner or whatever with She-Hulk's family in which not only Hulk comes in, but smart Hulk. And then who just came from the planet Sakaar introduces his son <laughs> Scar <laughs> from another planet. Like the, the fuck. <laughs> I love it here. Crazy. Uh, but, Insane. but yeah, then, so then we get the post credit scene and it's Wong taking Blonsky to Comartage. This is really nice, but yeah. Um, I watched this finale three times. Um, both because I wanted to and because I forgot to take notes and I had to watch it again. <laughs> um, but the, yeah, the first time, the first time I watched it, it broke me. I, I didn't know how to feel like, I mean, I knew how to feel about certain aspects. I loved the fourth wall breaking stuff. Um, I'm a sucker for meta shit. So that, that really did it for me. <laughs> but the, after that, just it, it just wrapping up like immediately, I thought it was like, uh, I don't, I don't like, I don't know about this. But then I thought about it more. I rewatched it. And now I, even though I still feel like some, some type of way about it, um, I understand what they were going for. Cause the entire point of Jen's argument with Kevin was that they didn't need a big punch up fight. We know where this is going. We can do this our own way. It like it, every show was like either go big or go home in, in, in the finale. And in She Hulk, they went, bi- they, they went big and went home, but in a She-Hulk way with the fourth wall break. That was the big fight, essentially. And so, and again, like we know, we knew how this was going to end anyway. Like you, she was going to defeat Todd. He was going to go to prison. Blasky was got probably going to go to prison anyway. So I think, I think it worked. I think they, I think they did the big fight, essentially the whole, the whole formulaic thing while also not doing it in the formulaic way while also still getting re- the result of what the formula would have been anyway, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. And it's also just one of those things where it's like, uh, it, it tie in if it's, you know, the whole show, right. You know, as well, cause you know, of course people want these big ass shifts, these want these big ass events or whatever, but it's like, not everything has to happen like that because like, you know, of course it's the story about Jen with low stakes and Jen is a regular person with powers in the MCU. Like she's just a regular person within the MCU. So that's why it's like, you know, 
it's like it's like that. Yeah, and so, like, and the only thing that I still am not like, uh, like I'm not, I'm not like the part of the finale that I wasn't a huge fan of, and I'm still not a huge fan of is they did for as good of an ending as episode eight was they should have spent more time on the revenge porn stuff like that's a huge deal mm-hmm. and they just and it, it was just kind of brushed aside which is kind of annoying um it's it's on the grand scheme of things it's, it's not like the biggest deal in the world but it's just something uh it, it, it's such a huge deal especially for her and her family and the and her personal life like it's it's massive so yeah i just feel like to just kind of sweep it under the rug is kind of sucks <laughs> um but yeah as i mean as a finale uh it's it's like the first because the first time even though it broke me like i enjoyed myself like i liked it i like i maybe would have would have given the finale like a seven out of ten but rewatching it understanding what they're going for agreeing mostly with what they're going for even though i have uh, uh, some hang-ups here or there yeah, I, I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great finale. Probably one of the better finales. Uh, probably not the best. I mean, Loki's probably still the best uh, finale. I can't think of another finale. Oh, Hawkeye. I really like Hawkeye's finale. Shit. I don't know. I'd have to think on it. <laughs> it just came out, but it was it was one of the better ones, basically, <laughs> uh, in my opinion, at least. But yeah, I I really enjoyed the show like a lot. <laughs> um I talked about it. I don't remember. I don't remember when we talked about it. I feel like in podcasts, I've always, I always listen to podcasts and they're like, when did we talk about this thing? I'm like, you talked about it like two weeks ago, man. How do you not remember that? And now I'm doing a podcast. I can't remember shit. Um, <laughs> but we talked to, or I talked about how one of my, one of the things I wanted most out of like a sort of a superhero world and branching off into different genres is just a straight up sitcom in a superhero world. And this is the closest thing we've gotten other than powerless, but <laughs> that's a, that's a different thing. Um, and I just, I, I really liked it. Like I really liked it. It had, it has, it had missteps here and there. I'm not going to like put it on the cow, uh, like on a, like a, on a super high pedestal with like other superhero stuff, or even like a, a higher pedestal with like sitcom and shit. Like it was, it was good in my opinion again had a few missteps had a few hiccups uh like i wasn't a huge fan of episode two yeah the cgi is wonky here and there although people are blowing the blowing that way out of proportion it the writing could have been better like i said i wasn't a fan of the courtroom scenes uh it just felt clunky and and weird at times uh one of the there was maybe a, a b story here or there that that could have been better i wish the supporting cast was more fleshed out but these aren't things that are like, this was shit. It's more things like, I enjoyed this. I wish they expanded upon it more. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's mm-hmm. like, I guess instead of the CG, but that's more budget time crunch and shit than, than actually like uh, competency. <laughs> but yeah, I was kind of, I was going to like, I was going to go on this big rant, but I'm just tired. Not not tired I'm, like I'm, I'm like sleepy, but I'm just tired. Like I don't want to put that much of my of my energy into something that ultimately doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, like uh, it, it's just it's exhausting talking about like how people are, especially with when it comes to this show and like just overall phase four in general. I I just want this phase to be fucking done, bro. I'm tired of people talking. Like I'm just I'm tired. Let as well, man. 
Yeah. Like, well, I mean, I, even Feige talked about it. I think at Comic-Con, he said that the future phases, or at least phase five, is going to be a more serious phase. And I think phase four, and again, I mean, we talk about it all the time, but like in hindsight, this is going to be not only seen as, you know, a phase that wasn't that bad and actually pretty good. It's also going to be seen as an, an experimental phase because that's what it is. They just, they threw a bunch of stuff at the wall. So just wanted to see what stuck. Essentially, it's not everything was going to work for everyone. I mean, it was just it was inevitable. <laughs> it was just like when you're going to try different things and different genres and different styles, it's not going to be for everyone. And naturally, when you're not doing the standard Marvel formula that is always crowd pleasing, like <laughs> as much as people were like shitting on the MCU and stuff like that. One of the M- one of the MCU movies that followed the formula while also doing something new that was massively successful critically in audience scores and wise was like shang chi it like that it, it's just it, the formula works as much as people like to shit on the formula oh why doesn't marvel do anything different even though they do especially in phase four when they whenever they do still do the formula people eat it up <laughs> despite not wanting the formula but like yeah and i, I, I want to be clear that it's it's completely okay to not like this show Again, the show has flaws, but it's absolutely not, like, okay to hate the show for no reason. And when I say hate, I don't mean, like, oh, you're just a hater. I mean going on Twitter and acting like this is the worst thing to ever grace your screen. It's, like, it's fine to criticize. Hell, it's great to criticize. Like, criticism is what's changing the VFX industry right now to reduce crunch and shit like that. But you can't call... Uh, this show is the worst thing Marvel's ever done or or Marvel can't hire good writers and stuff like that criticism. That's just blind hate. You sound like an asshole. <laughs> like, why do you think it's bad? Why do you think the writing wasn't up to par? Stuff like that. And like, what annoys me isn't that people don't like the show. Because again, that's fine. I, again, I have issues with it. And it's not the best thing in the world. The show didn't blow me away, but also wasn't trying to. But like, that happens all the time. I just look at the book. Just look at Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> like, but the way that people hate on that show compared to this show, the hate for this show was unlike anything we've seen in a long, long time. Probably since Captain Marvel, and even that, like, I feel like the hate for for Captain Marvel feels tame in comparison to some of the shit that I've seen thrown at this show. Uh, and there's. There's a common denominator there. <laughs> uh, you, you, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what the common denominator is, but like the energy that people have, sorry, the energy that men have to hate on this show is incredibly off-putting to me. Like the fact that you put that much energy into something that you actively don't like, or even that you actively haven't seen, but pretend to not like, or just, or just, act like you don't like just to fit in with your stupid fucking crowd. <laughs> it It's so gross to me. And it's clear why they hate the show as much as they do. Like we said earlier, is, is it a woman as the lead? No, not necessarily, but that's certainly part of it. You know, you miss Marvel got blind hate, you know, Captain Marvel obviously got blind hate, black widow got blind hate, but it's the fact that this show so blatantly, like, like I was talking about earlier, puts up, puts up a mirror to these people and their tiny little brains just can't handle it. Like they're, they just fucking explode and it's fucking hilarious because the same people who are just absolutely shitting on the show and calling it woke and calling it the worst thing ever at the same time are jerking off to their fucking She-Hulk rule 34 shit. (laughs) Like, 
like exactly and again i want to be clear just because you don't like the show doesn't mean that you're one of these people but if you if you heard everything that i just said and you thought well i don't i don't like she hulk and i'm not x y and z and you might need to take a look at yourself in the mirror <laughs> because I'm not talking to you <laughs> because there's again, valid criticisms for the show. There it's, there's reasons not to like this show, but the exactly. reasons that exactly. a bulk, the bulk of all the negative shit is coming from, it's not warranted. Um, mm-hmm. And another big part of it, I believe is just the way people talk about media nowadays in general. And I think we've talked about this before. I'm sure we have, but I'm just going to say it again anyway. There's no in-between anymore. There's no middle ground. Something is either the best thing ever or the worst thing ever. There's no middle ground. It's never, oh, the CGI was off in a handful of places. Instead, it's, this is the worst CGI of all time. And again, side note, the people that think this, this, this is the worst CGI would not be able to handle something like Doom Patrol, which is about the same, if not worse quality. <laughs> you know what and I mean? Like... like- I don't know, like, I, I feel like when people, like, just say, like, oh, yeah, this is the worst CGI I've ever seen, they haven't, like, checked out, like, anything else, like, Spawn 1999 or, like, some of the shit from, like, yeah, know, people are like, Batman Forever. It looks like a PlayStation 1 cutscene, dude. <laughs> like, all people do is exaggerate and blow it way out of proportion. Like, it again, it's never, oh, I thought the writing could use some work in the courtroom scenes. It's, this is the some of the worst writing I've ever seen. Why can't Marvel hire good writers? Like, so many people nowadays just blow shit up for no reason. And they're clearly actively doing it on purpose because they know that it's obviously not the worst CG. They know it's obviously not the worst written show, but they have to they have to make it known how much they don't like this show for some reason. And they hate the show that much for some reason. And, you know, there's so many people, again, nowadays that have to say something is objectively bad like oh this thing is objectively bad and i'm at a point now to be honest where like i'm not convinced that objectively bad even exists like suicide squad 2016 dark phoenix spider-man 3 like yeah i want to i want to go into that like because like people were saying yeah the cgi is objectively bad like no uh, like you know what's the objective about it like you know what's like yeah i mean I'm not, I'm not saying like anything objectively doesn't exist, but like it is subjective to you that is objectively bad. Yeah, like, to me it was fine. Know, like, like people do not understand the words objective and subjective. Like to you, it is subjectively bad, but it's not objectively bad because like not everyone feels the same way that you do. And kind of going about a rant about this, like you know, people. Like, like, okay, like, you know, so a lot of people hate Disney. They're like, oh, but God's a billion dollar corporation, blah, 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 blah. But they only hate it, like, when it benefits them. Or they, they always use that same excuse whenever there's a project they don't like. It's like, oh my God, like, Disney ruins everything. I mean, you weren't saying that when Winter Soldier came out. We are saying that when Shang-Chi came out. You weren't saying that when Infinity War came out. Or we saying that when No Way Home came out. So, 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 and then, and then it's like, oh my god, like Disney ruined Star Wars. If we weren't saying that when the Mandalorian came out. Definitely ain't saying it when Rogue One came out. Definitely so not like, saying it now when Andor's coming out. So, so why is it that when you say Disney ruins everything, it's because of a project you don't like? Just say you don't like the project and give your reason why. But don't say Disney's bad because of this and that. Like, because they love everything bad. else. I, I, it's just like, it's like, why? It's like, 
And then I've seen people like I saw this like one Iron Man edit or whatever, and they're saying like, yeah, pre Disney like shit. I'm like, bro, you love shit that fucking Disney put out. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, like without like without Disney, we wouldn't have arguably one of the best superhero movies of all time. Several of some of the best superhero movies of like, all time. I, like, like I'm telling you, it, people be like, oh man, I fucking hate Disney, and and then like their top five is like Infinity War, Endgame, Winter Soldier, Ragnarok, and like fucking gardens of the galaxy like fuck off <laughs> like, Jesus. but yeah like 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 some of the examples of like objectively bad are suicide squad dark phoenix spider-man 3 it's fucking like thor the dark world and shit but like even though you can criticize its acting its cinematography the writing whatever there's always going to be people that love that quote-unquote bad thing no matter what your favorite thing is someone's least favorite thing and your least favorite thing is someone's someone else's favorite thing. So to have people shitting on others just for enjoying this show is baffling. You shouldn't be mad. You should be envious. Like you should be you should be you should envy that person because that's one more thing in their life that they get to enjoy. Like I don't like Batman v Superman. Fuck, I hate Batman. Well, I don't hate Batman v Superman, but I really dislike Batman v Superman. I do hate the characterization of Batman in that movie. I hate Broody Superman. I despise Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor. But my God, do I wish I was one of those people that think that movie's a masterpiece. I would love to have a movie in my life with Batman and Superman in it that I can enjoy and rewatch it repeatedly and just have a good time with it. But I can't because I don't like it. I wish I could. But I can't, so I'm just completely envious of those people. And just because I can't, I'm not going to go on YouTube or Twitter and find some random person calling it a masterpiece and tell them that they're wrong because I think it's a bad movie. Like, yeah. <laughs> just because yeah, exactly. I think it's a bad movie doesn't mean it's subjectively bad. Just because I think the acting acting's bad, just because I think the action is bad or whatever, doesn't make it objectively bad. Exactly. And it's like bro like y'all like want to be bitter so fucking badly and it's kind of also like one of the, like i kept thinking this like like i love as much as i love the disney plus marvel shows i fucking hate when they like release weekly because it just means that the fandom is just fucking abysmal like it is and especially, especially like she hulk is probably one of the least talked about disney marvel plus shows or the, the disney plus marvel shows because like it goes back to what you're saying. Like, there's no like middle ground. It's always like if you if you like it, you're considered fucking stupid, and like you don't like enjoy like masterpieces. And it's like, oh, if you don't like it, you're labeled a misogynist. It's just very, very fucking exhausting to do it shit like this, dude. It's like horrible. Um, I don't give a fuck. I'll talk about the show all fucking day. I'll talk about it every fucking week. I mean, I mean shit, we, we damn near do, but. Like, I mean, it's okay not to, not to like things. Stop being a fucking asshole about it. <laughs> yeah. But like, and yeah, and like, there's always going to, and there's going to be people that are also say like, well, there's a reason the audience scores are so low, but you can't trust those now either. Like for years, it was don't trust the critics, critical score, trust the audience score. But now the audience score has become completely untrustworthy because it's impossible to know what the general public actually think because a group of weirdos will just go out of their way to tank the score of a show or movie. And I know that there's going to be there'd be people out there that would say, oh, well, people like that should just review it positively to bring the score up. But once the damage is done, it's essentially impossible. 
impossible to bring that score up to something more accurate, especially since it was it was completely it was rated and completely trashed. The score was completely trashed before the show had even released. Like, like, have you ever been in school and you had like an A in your class, but one day you like miss an assignment and so you get a zero and then it drops your grade down to a B and you're like, oh, okay, well, that sucks. Well, I'll just get more good grades to bring it back up. And then you get consistent good grades on your next assignments, 95, 88, 100, but your grade barely moves because of that one zero. Like, that's the same thing that happens. The negative score holds so much more weight than a, than the positive ones. And all it takes is, like, all it takes is one glance at some of these reviews to know that it's bullshit. Because, like, Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb, Metacritic, like, they're all, like, again, like, I, I, I hate talking about it, but it, it's, it's, that's what most of it is. It's the, oh, this is woke and Marvel and, and Disney and, wow, whatever, the agendas and shit. Who gives a fuck? But the letterbox ones are like especially stupid. <laughs> like, um, a lot of those negative reviews were also before release or after, or just only after one episode. And at the time, it was like peak popularity for Better Call Saul. And it's just flooded with half star and one star reviews saying, Oh, she thinks she's Saul. <laughs> very funny, man. Very, very funny. Just as funny as the last thousand people that said the exact same thing. And it just completely tanked that score, too. And yeah, anyway, I've been talking too long. Basically, make sure you're critical, but not hateful. It's fine to not like things. It's fine to be critical of something, but it's not okay to be hateful, which which I feel which I know is an uphill battle because considering just where the Internet is um, and I could talk about why the Internet is that way, but I'm not going <laughs> to. Uh, but. Yeah, if you think this show is the worst thing ever, I implore you to watch more movies and TV because this is far from that. Um, and you sound like an idiot. <laughs> basically, just don't be an asshole. We always say it. That's basically the motto of this show now. We should put it on a t-shirt. Don't be an asshole. <laughs> but yeah, like overall, I, I, I really like this show. I can't say like I I I loved it. I adored it. It's not what it's not one of the best Marvel projects, but it's certainly not one of the worst. Um, it's as far as like the Marvel TV shows go. Again, again, it's like it's. I think it's pretty consistent with those. Which again, it's not everyone's cup of tea. A lot of people hate the Disney Plus Marvel shows. I personally really enjoy them, but like just like and as much as you know, people like to to shit on it and stuff. Like like it's you think it's fine. Like you think it's just like just it's like it's good like like it's it's fine but you're also yeah, not you're not going to shit on it for no reason. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just because it's not the greatest thing you've ever seen. It's just it's just fine, you know. Yeah. Don't be an asshole. Yeah. Well, I hate to end the show on a sad note or not a sad note but a down note because again I really enjoyed this show. <laughs> I had a great time. <laughs> it's just. It's just, unfortunately, a lot of the discourse surrounding this show is, is, is awful. And I know it's just, it's probably going to be one of those shows that in five, five years time, when hopefully this phase of wokeness or whatever blows over, uh, you know, hopefully this show, and I, I, like, I, I, I'm pretty confident that this show is going to be looked back on and be like, oh shit, they were, they were pretty on the pulse with this. Yep. Uh, but Yeah. Is that the show? That is the show. 
Well, thank you for listening to the Avengers podcast. If you want to follow us, we're at Avengers on Twitter. That's A-V-E-N-G-E nerds, all one word. If you want to follow either one of us, you can reach me at nowhere. Just follow our social medias, please. Uh, where can they reach you at? <laughs> please. Uh, you can follow me uh, at itsenneth underscore on Twitter. Sounds good. Uh, we have a Discord. You'd like to join the conversation there. Those will be linked in the show notes. You can check out our link tree for any additional links you may be interested in. You can also review the show in-app on Apple Podcasts. If you can leave five stars in a review, it would really help us out. Thanks again for listening to the Avengers Podcast. We'll see you next week. Later. Fucking bitches. It'd be so easy to redo the whole the whole pod, just to get the uh, as many views as possible. To just be like, this was the worst thing ever. <laughs> Marvel's gone woke. We get right. we, we get so many views. We get more subscribers. But no, like no, I'm I'm dead ass thinking like you should just put like you should you should just bait the title. Well, like, see, I, I, she Hulk was the was the worst. And just put like a bunch of question marks. See, that's 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 I thought about that, but I also don't want to draw in the wrong crowd. Because I don't want, because I don't want people like in the comments being, because then they get baited, and then it's like, oh, how could you think this show sucks? But then on the other side of the coin, like if if I if I title it something like this show is pretty good actually, <laughs> like even tame, not even like this is the best thing of Phase Four, like just super tame, like she looks pretty good. You'll still get the same people just because they're going to search for that shit and be like, this was actually the worst thing ever. How could you think that it's gonna? It's the it'd be the same outcome. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I'm still recording. If you're even here, fucking dislike the video. I fucking dare you. Please, please feed the algorithm to make the to make this get pushed out more. Please dislike it. <laughs>